0: I mean, there but is that, that makes sense, though, doesn't it? There is that thing of, like, you know, people said that hackers would get better and better and better, they'd start hacking everything. Now, we're seeing a lot of hacking. <laughs> right. But also, the good people on that have created tools that block a lot of the hacking, like encryption and protections and firewalls. So maybe at the same time, someone's coming up with a negative AI... Positive AIs will find ways to push back and understand and dismantle them. Right? All right. Good night, everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you live there. Okay, good. I'll let you live right, there. Right. We talked about AI in the last hour of the podcast, uh, and it is really important that you educate yourself on this. You'll understand why if you dare. Um, and tomorrow um, on the Saturday podcast is Tristan Ayres make sure you listen to that podcast. It is vital to the survival of mankind. It really, truly is not overstating it. Uh, I mean, that podcast isn't, but you understanding what that podcast is talking about is truly um, whether we survive or not, uh, the coming of AI. Also, we talked a little bit about the border and things we're fed up with. Uh, next week's gonna be a very important uh, series of shows because we're going to give you the constitutional stick to make justice blind again. You'll understand that next week. Today's podcast brought to you by Jace Medical. We shot down a Chinese uh, spy balloon. Okay, what that means is uh, Joe Biden hasn't talked to President Xi since then and uh, things aren't getting better with China. How are we doing on medicine? Did you see that the major shortage of medicine now is with cancer drugs? Oh good, oh good, oh good. The U.S. relies on overseas outlets for 18 out of 21 critical antibiotics. 72% of all active pharmaceutical ingredients, 72% come from overseas. We have got to prepare ourselves. We have to start bringing manufacturing back here to America but we also need to be prepared in the meantime jace case this is a way for you to prepare yourself from jace medical it's a pack of five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses like utis respiratory infections sinusitis skin infections and so much more but also Uh, The uh, Jace Medical has now introduced all of their medications like you can get blood pressure, you can get any psychiatric drug, anything that you have to take regular on a regular basis, they will help you get a full year of that prescription in advance. So if there's any kind of disruption, you're covered. Jacemedical.com. Enter the promo code Beck at checkout. Get a discount on your order. It's promo code Beck at J A S E medical.com. Jacemedical.com. Do it now. Here's a podcast. You're listening to
0: the best of the Glenn Beck program.
1: right before we get what we're going on that mike lee might be a little bit late and i'm like you tell him we're not on mormon standard time which is usually five minutes late because you've got 18 kids that you're trying to get into the back of the van um but he's on time mike lee welcome how are you sir
2: doing great and whether or not i was going to be on time was never in doubt
1: never in doubt never in doubt hey i've got three things i want to talk to you about first of all well, actually four, but I want to we've got about 10 minutes. So I want to see if we can get all of it in impossible task. Uh, first of all, your thoughts on the border.
2: Look, um, the border. Is an unbelievably intense state of crisis. I've spent two years of my life on the U.S.-Mexico border. I know that people who suffer most. From these border crises or recent immigrants themselves, the poorest of the poor. Well, look, the expiration of Title 42 doesn't have to prove disastrous, but but it, it will prove disastrous unless Secretary Mayorkas.
1: He says he's starts. done everything he can.
2: That is absolute malarkey.
1: Absolutely. So when is anybody going to go after him and impeach
2: him? We've talked about this. Is there a chance yeah. of that? Well, yeah, I, I, look, I've been calling for his impeachment uh, for many weeks now be, because he's refused to enforce the border. A, and he still could enforce the border. If, if he were to start detaining asylum seekers, crossing our southern border until their claims are adjudicated, which the law already requires, Glenn. Title Eight uh, of the, the U.S. Code already requires this. And then immediately repatriating those who can't be detained based on a lack of detention facility bed capacity. That would fix it. It would fix it almost immediately. We
1: have 400,000. We have 400,000 people coming across our border this month. This month, we we have millions that have come in now since Biden got in enough to build, you know, like the fifth or sixth largest city in America. And we're expecting this not to change our culture we our kids don't know american history now you're bringing people in who don't know american history how do we expect to remain america unless people in congress begin to act and hold these people accountable
2: uh it'll be very very difficult for us to do that which is why it's Absolutely essential. We take those steps right now. And and look, uh, the, the White House and, and the Department of Homeland Security have known for a really long time that this day was fast approaching and they have refused to fix the problem, even though they have the tools to do it under existing law. But in the meantime, you've got these international drug cartels don't want uh, the Department of Homeland Security to enforce the law and protect the border. Why? Well, because they're making billions of dollars. Uh, uh, making billions of dollars specifically off of the Biden administration's refusal to enforce the law. Okay, it's a
1: Mike, let me let me switch uh, real quick. I just want to ask: Does the president have the right to just change the uh, debt limit on his own?
2: On no planet does the president of the United States have the authority to just. And just if reassure. he
1: tries to do that, what are the consequences?
2: Well, if he tries to do that. Um, that is an impeachable offense. He, he, if he just openly flouts the law, just disregards it and says, I don't have to, and, and does so based on this extremely flawed theory that the 14th Amendment somehow renders it unnecessary. Look, he didn't take that position in 1984 when he said, I'm not going to vote to raise the debt ceiling under President Ronald Reagan because uh, there's nothing in there that... Um, you know, it adequately controls the debt. He mm-hmm. didn't raise it then. He didn't raise it in 2011, right? When he is vice president of the United States, was negotiating a debt ceiling package. This theory is science fiction, fantasy. His okay. own people know it. Whether he knows it or not, I I, I don't know. So but he
1: can't do this. We we have several um, problems going on right now, all at once, and one of them is that. The government just makes up things they just make up new laws we have people atf is coming to people's doors and saying uh we know that you purchased this how they know i don't know we know you purchased this you need to turn it over now uh you won't be in any trouble if you just turn it over right now the atf is just changing the laws um there was uh, – uh, we, we had you on r- recently about the rule of lenity, but we never got to it. Is, is there anything to stop these uh, agencies from just making laws that they have no right to do?
2: There is, and let me tell you about it. There is, it's a beautiful coincidence. This ties directly into what we're doing on the death ceiling. The House passed bill that deals with the debt ceiling, contains among other provisions something called the RAINS Act. Yes. It contains a provision saying that any time an executive branch agency makes up a law, it can't just kick in automatically. Congress has to affirmatively enact it into law, which is why uh, of all the great provisions in there, in in that bill that was passed by the House, which saves about a trillion dollars in year one alone, $5 trillion over the next 10 years. The RAINS Act may well be the single most important because it'll safeguard not only our financial future by allowing economic growth to occur, but it will also safeguard our liberty. By prohibiting stupid laws like those you've referred to just a moment ago, not passed through the constitutional process, but by unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats, it'll put Congress in charge of that. Now, Congress won't always make the right decision, but when it makes the wrong decision, the American people will kick us out. Correct. Correct.
1: And this, you, you feel like this has a chance of passing?
2: Absolutely, it has a chance of passing. Because, look, here's the deal. I, I, I led the Senate Republican Conference in putting together this letter to Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, stating our collective commitment to oppose raising the debt ceiling without substantive spending and budget reform. Correct. And so in the Senate, you can kill any bill if you've got 41 senators, any group of 41 senators opposing it. We've got 43 who signed my letter. We've got two more who have agreed to support basically the same thing. We've got a total of 45. We only needed 41 to stop a clean death ceiling increase. If we will stand behind what the House passed and and insist that at a minimum the RANS Act be in there, it'll it'll be in there. I mean, you know, I, I will
1: tell you, Mike. Even if you fudge on the uh, debt ceiling, and you don't get all the cuts you wanted, having the Rains Act may be, may be, uh, worth all other
2: sacrifices. I, I, I believe one could make that argument. And Glenn, I, I, if a if a genie appeared to me and said you can pass any bill, just magically. Uh, that has been introduced in Congress and is now pending. It probably would be the Rains Act for the very reason you described.
1: Let me explain it again for, for people who have not heard of the Rains Act. The problem we have right now is we are ruled by experts, and all kinds of bills have passed and said, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is the, this is the health care bill. But what it really means will be decided by the secretary, and so the agency makes all of the laws. The ATF can just say, you know what? We're saying that this gun is now illegal because we have the power. Well, they don't have the power. The RAINS Act takes all of that power and makes it very, very clear it belongs to Congress. And it it guts these federal agencies of their powers to make new laws and rules, which is gigantic.
2: Gigantic. Enormous. And you know... In in an odd twist of irony, Franklin D. Roosevelt, when he was Governor Franklin D. Roosevelt in the early 1930s, governor of the state of New York, once gave a speech in which he he said, "I've concluded that if tyranny ever comes to America, it will come in a form of soft tyranny in which we're led around by experts, masterminds, who will purport to know what's best for us at every moment. And it will also come about only when all power is concentrated in the federal government. Kind of uh, eerily descriptive of yeah. some of the things we're dealing with today. Right, we've got to take our power back as the Constitution requires it.
1: And really interesting that he would do that when he started a lot of these agencies and gave them so much power.
2: He's the one who set this whole thing in motion. Yeah.
1: Well, well got- let's give uh, let's give uh, Papa Wilson. a a nice tip of the hat too look there's
2: no question Woodrow Wilson was the worst president in American (laughs) thank you thank you ever openly contemptuous uh toward the constitution but with Wilson we had a Supreme Court who pushed back on him hard enough that he didn't get very correct FDR came along and kind of finished the job yeah and that's yeah. where why we are where we are today.
1: One more thing, because I can't I can't get you uh, on the air for a second time where I wanted to talk about the rule of lenity and not at least get a 30 second answer on the rule of lenity. What is that?
2: OK, the rule of lenity says that when there is an ambiguity in a criminal statute, uh, that he, the, the courts will interpret that statute in a way that is more generous toward the would be defendant, either the defendant or if it's a civil case, trying to ascertain the meaning in advance toward the would-be criminal defendant. And so, so, so let me ask you. Certain- so,
1: if I have, let's say, I had a, uh, oh, uh, a, a, a one of those uh, braces, pistol brace for your for yep. your arms. Okay, that the the ATF said for 10 years they're totally legal. Now they change it. And now they're making people uh, felons if you don't turn them in or whatever. Um, Well, wouldn't the rule of lenity say, well, no, wait a minute. You're confused because you just said that it was fine and you said it for a long time. Now you're changing your mind. So you don't really have the right to declare that this is a felony because you're confused
2: yourself on what's legal and not. Correct. Yes. Yes, that is exactly right. And that is essentially what the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit held in a recent case called Harden versus ATF.
1: So wait, wait, wait. Why doesn't that work with income tax? Because everyone says we don't really know what the law is. Some people say this. Some people say that. Well, why doesn't the rule of lenity um, protect you then?
2: The, the, there are instances in which the rule of lenity could be invoked uh, with respect to the internal revenue code. But you're never going to get one that applies to the entire code. You might get such a ruling with regard to a specific provision of that. Uh, but um, it's not always invoked, and when it is invoked, it doesn't always prevail. I'm glad that it did oh. prevail in this uh, in this hardened VATF case in the 6th Circuit. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, Mike, thank you so much. Keep up the hard work. Talk to you again soon. You You bet. Bye bye. Uh, The thing you need to take away from this interview is you watch for the Rains Act when they're negotiating. You've got to call your senator and your congressman and strengthen their spine and say to Congress, "Thank you for supporting this. Thank you for putting that in the bill. Do not allow that to be cut." I we can disagree on this. But I really truly believe that's more important than another raise of the debt ceiling. Go ahead, raise the debt ceiling. That's a horrible idea, it is awful. However, if you get the RAINS Act, you can begin to cut all of these things through Congress. They'll have some control over these agencies and that's what's causing tyranny of these agencies. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Wade Miller is uh, with us. Hello, uh, Wade. How are you, sir?
0: I'm good. Thanks for having me on.
1: So um, the response by Governor Abbott, I think, is a little lackluster. I I think we should declare uh, an emergency, uh, which I think he has, but I mean a, a true crisis or invasion and he should seize the powers that I believe he has in the Constitution and get this under control.
0: Yeah, you- I agree. So he has uh, an inherent authority under Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, especially when the federal government is failing to uphold Article 4, Section 4, which Majorcus and Biden are clearly doing. And that grants governors unique authorities that are constitutional authorities. They're not subject to federal immigration law or cases like Arizona v. U.S. Uh, that, that are broad powers that would allow the governor to take some unprecedented actions. And so what he's been doing under Operation Lone Star is he has been detaining and then taking migrants to ports of entry where he turns them over to federal agents. Uh, and then, of course, they're processed and then released into the interior or he's been busing them around the United States. What he has not been doing is taking them back into Mexico. And so we have been asking him for two years to, one, declare an invasion and then provide authorities to agents to actually do something with that declaration. He has stopped shy of the second one. I'm getting some anecdotal evidence as of this morning from Border Patrol agents that there might be a positive development on that. I'm happy to talk through that. But historically, uh, Operation Lone Star has been a lot of bluster and a lot of rhetoric but it has not done anything to fundamentally change the situation on the border. Uh, I mean, and a lot large parts of Operation Lone Star have amounted to just piling money up and then t- setting it on fire. OK,
1: so tell me what you're hearing from the border today on this.
0: So I was on a phone call this morning with a Border Patrol agent, That's a federal agent, and, and that agent indicated to me uh, that they were actually not allowed into certain parts of the border that they remained in a staging area and that the Texas national guard and Texas DPS were actually locking down that section. Now, this is anecdotal. We don't have an official position from Abbott on that stating that this is a change in policy. So until then, as is the case, usually with Abbott, I'm going to be very cautious. I don't want to give him uh, any credit for something he often says very good things and then doesn't follow through. But if this occurs in other sectors, that's a huge development. Now, Abbott does not have the agents that he needs uh, right now to actually do this across the entire border, which is actually why you know, Speaker Dade uh, Phelan, and, uh, the Texas Republican Speaker of the House there, he killed HB 20, which would have sought to start to alleviate that problem by creating a border protection unit. Uh, not surprised there that uh, Dade killed that bill because he's a big open borders liberal Republican. But. Uh, If this is the case and Abbott is actually changing policy, this would be a huge step. It then becomes incumbent upon other Republican governors to send resources and personnel that Abbott can deputize under state of Texas authority and then deploy to other sectors and then duplicate this policy change. So I'm still looking into this. But the fact that a federal Border Patrol agent told me this uh, directly on a phone call just this morning and I've talked to uh, many other border officials, and they're hearing the same thing. That's a good first step. These will be very small parts of the border. But if true, we should thank Abbott, and we should encourage him to uh, ask other governors for help. But again, I want to be cautious here and not (laughs) go too far too soon.
1: Well, I know that um, uh, the attorney general, I've talked to him, and, and he has said to me, that he, w- he wishes the, um, uh, the governor would give him something that he had to defend. In other words, take this action, let uh, the Fed say you can't do that so he can go and then fight it and win because he believes he can win. Is it possible that he's, he's giving him that, uh, that opportunity today?
0: I think so. So there's two tracks that this could go down. If they're doing it as a narrow challenge to Arizona v. U.S., that's one possible pathway, uh, which would undo a bad Supreme Court precedent that essentially says, I'm making this very simplified, that states can't unilaterally enforce federal immigration law. Or if it's under an invasion declaration, Article one authority that's a novel concept Uh, past courts have said that that's non-justiciable i always mess that word up but what does uh, it mean basically means that it's a political question and that they don't have the power to question it uh so if that's the case there's really good a really good track record here that this would stand legally and it would set a precedent that any time that the federal government is failing to secure the border any border state can step in and do that under their article one powers that's ultimately what we want to get to because Arizona, the US is weak based upon what current federal immigration law is, and current federal immigration law is weak. It has too many asylum loopholes, et cetera. So I would prefer the state of Texas go down the invasion declaration route, make it an Article One legal question, and then set that precedent in, into perpetuity, and empowering states greatly.
1: And just to just to clarify, that what that means in Article One is if there is an invasion and the federal government is not doing all that it can to repel that invasion, the state has a right to repel it itself.
0: That's correct. And an invasion can be defined very broadly, an unwanted uh, uh, you know, presence on another's domain. Uh, James Madison thought that this applied to smugglers. Sam Houston, of course, if you're in Texas, everyone knows who Sam Houston is there. Uh, he thought this applied to cross-border uh, Mexican bandits. So, and there's a lot of precedent here uh, uh, on our side uh, that you know cartels are both smugglers and cross-border bandits in many respects, and, and and worse than both. I think it's very clear that the founders had a position that although the border security was primarily the duty of the federal government. They would not have limited themselves or tied their hands behind the back if the federal government became destructive to the ends of the needs of the states. But they wouldn't have any options to step into that breach and protect their own citizens. So, of course, this clause empowers governors in this instance, especially given how violent cartels are, how they're using every single person that's crossing the border as a part of their enterprise. They make money off of every person that crosses the border. And of course, they use cross border illegal, uh, illegal cross border movement to mask uh, fentanyl uh, that's getting uh, smuggled sure. across the borders. Hundreds of thousands of people are dying. So, yes, governors have this power, and we certainly so encourage Governor Abbott to use it. Wade, uh, the, the, the,
1: is there an increase because of Article 40, or, I mean, uh, yeah, Article 42, Title 42 being
0: um, revoked now? Did we see. Go ahead. Yes. The border is exploding because of this. The cartels have been actively working uh, with state uh, actual governments and, uh, uh, and and getting the word out to their supply lines that it's now is the time to come forward. And and that message was received and people are starting starting to show up on the border and the tens of thousands. There's tens of thousands of more on the way, of course. Uh, we're going to hit record numbers this year. There were over 3 million godaways just last year alone, it's 1.5 officially, but it's about double that in reality. That's just the godaways, not the people that went to the ports of entry, bogusly claimed asylum and then were released. Uh, you know, this is a big problem. Uh, we're seeing people from all sorts of different countries that we haven't seen in, in high numbers before starting to head this way. There's real national security concerns. Uh, the cartels are working directly with the Mexican government in many respects. We've got a big problem on our hands uh, right now, big problem, and it's all because of the Biden administration.
1: Wait, uh, stay in touch with us if you get more evidence that this is what Texas is doing and the governor is doing. We wanna, we wanna, of course, uh, herald him for doing that. But I, I like you, will wait and see. Um, he's, he's. He's kind of leading from behind, uh, in my opinion, on many things, including this. Wade, thank you. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Bye bye. Wade Miller. Uh, you can um, uh, find him on Twitter at Wade Miller underscore USMC. Uh, so, Article One, Section Ten, Clause Three of the United States Constitution. This is the one known as the Compact Clause, and this is what it says. No state shall, without the consent of Congress, lay any duty of tonnage, keep troops or ships of war in a time of peace, enter into an agreement or compact with another state or with foreign powers, or engage in war unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as it will not admit of delay. The clause then has restrictions on what the states can do, specifically you cannot impose taxes on ships based on their tonnage, their weight, or cargo without a consent of Congress. Two, you can't keep troops or warships in times of peace without the consent of Congress. Three, you can't enter into agreements or other compacts with other states or foreign powers without the consent. Four, declaring war or engaging in war unless actually invaded or or in imminent danger that doesn't allow for delay. This was put in the Constitution by our founders to make sure that the federal government remained in control of all of our international relations and war powers. They didn't want states being able to declare war on Mexico and then rope the entire country uh, into it. This is... I believe that the state of Texas and the United States of America is in imminent danger. And the government has delayed and delayed and delayed and showed they're not serious about an invasion. Now, if you can't say that three million people coming into our country, is not an invasion, then you don't know anything about military strategy. Do you know what the Chinese military strategy was against Russia? They would send a million people over their borders and surrender. Do exactly what's happening right now. Come over the border and say, we just need asylum. They would come over the border into Russia and surrender, million of them. Then, when that had been processed, they'd come over the border, another million, and surrender. After five days of this, they could overwhelm Russia, and Russia would collapse. That was the invasion strategy for China against Russia in modern day. Now, why do we think that this isn't a strategy to collapse America. When we know we have people in our own government that want to collapse America, and we know that we have foreign governments that want to collapse America, we are focused on, well, we got to find out exactly what's happening on social media, and then pay no attention to our border? China is, is a part of this strategy... On our border, which is their strategy. And the second strategy that China is using is the strategy the English used on the Chinese with the opium war. Put a base camp right at the border. Then take heroin uh, and opium and make it as pure as you can and push it into the country and get as many Chinese people addicted to opium as possible. The Chinese will eventually say, okay, 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 enough. Well, have we had enough yet? Because I have. The
2: best of the Glenn Beck program.
1: Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Uh, There is a podcast that is available now at Blaze TV, it's Tristan Harris. If you don't know who Tristan Harris is, you should. He is a guy I probably have more respect for than anyone else in big tech or AI. Um, we're going to go over some of the things that he said. It is shocking. He gives us 12 to 18 months before it is too late to turn back, and he says this is the the Fermi test. This is the test test of whether our species survives or not. We'll give it all to you top of the hour. First, we have uh, Chip Roy on with us. Hello, Chip. How are you, sir?
3: Well, Glenn, uh, you know, our state is under siege. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think the American people are seeing that firsthand. And, um, you know, fortunately, the House Republicans took action yesterday. But uh, this administration is leaving us uh, stranded.
1: So I don't understand. We were just talking about uh, uh, Governor Abbott. Uh, I'd sure like Governor Abbott to start leading a little more than he is. I know he's shipping everybody out uh, from Texas to other states, but that just hurts other states as well. This is an invasion. You can't have 400,000 people coming in every month and expect to keep your country. You can't.
3: So. There were something like 30,000 apprehensions uh, over the last three days. Uh, I'm trying to get updates about what's going on tonight. I've got a few folks down at the border giving me, uh, you know, sort of the latest and greatest or the latest and most terrible. And what I'm hearing is right now is that the DPS and National Guard folks who are down there at the order of the governor are actually on the front line trying to turn away and hold people back. Okay, good. While Border Patrol is effectively retreated into just full processing by basically kind of order of – the DHS. So we've had this kind of flip where it's actually Texas folks trying to keep them from crossing and Border Patrol pulled back to process.
1: So we you're the second source we have on this now. So I I believe it. We just had somebody else on who said that's the word that they were getting, but they would believe it when they saw it. So if you're getting uh, that as well, maybe then the governor is um, taking charge of the border.
3: Well, look, I think it's all a tough call right here. I mean, look, I do think the governor and DPS, they're trying to throw everything they have at it. Uh, there is that kind of, you get right up to that point where you're either deciding to take over and literally take take charge to turn away and return people and just put, you know, basically force your way in front of Border Patrol. But as Bill Malugin reported, we don't have the resources. We don't have enough people. Yeah, but we don't have enough folks. And uh, so it's, it's hard, right? They'll just move to another place, and then Border Patrol will just usher them right in. And by the way, This is why the Texas House should have passed HB 20, which they crapped on this last week instead of giving more resources to the governor. And instead, they're passing frickin gambling bills. That's your frickin Texas House Republicans in action. They should have given more support to the governor and they didn't do it.
1: So um, I just talked to Wade Miller uh, for Citizens Renewing America, and, and he said that if the governor calls other states, they can send resources down.
3: Certainly, I think other states have, uh, are willing to work with Texas I don't know the latest on that of course Wade's probably correct on that I know Wade well um, and I think there's there there's a number of states that I know are willing uh, to support I'm, I'm I'm confident Florida would support uh, and look by the way God bless Florida they just passed legislation they passed the strong e verify bill they passed other strong immigration uh, uh, you know language in their legislature that, that uh, Governor DeSantis signed and then they just had a court you know strike down these Leases of migrants with nothing more than a, you know, oh, please show up one day, not a, not a required notice to appear. So at least they, they uh, put, put an injunction on that for two weeks. Uh, so they're trying to help. But uh, look, we got we to gotta do everything we can in Texas. And I'm just calling on the Texas legislature to get their head out of their rear end, give more resources to the governor. We need all states to kind of work with Texas to try to step into the breach because Border Patrol and this DHS, they're pulling back. Now, I want to be clear, the Border Patrol agents on the line You know, they want to do their job. You know, it's the freaking idiots at at DHS that are holding them
1: back. We were just uh, just talking about China's invasion plan uh, for Russia, and it was to send a million people over the border to surrender their guns and to surrender to the Russians. After five million people uh, cross the border and surrender, Russia's overwhelmed. Uh, and it collapses, and they win without firing a bullet. This is exactly that strategy if you believe somebody is trying to collapse the United States of America, and I happen to believe that.
3: Well, one thing we know for sure. Uh, I got reports just yesterday of uh, Chinese nationals that they're that they're that they're running across. We know that border patrol. Is now being pulled into, pulled back to do processing, and they're unable to process between ports of entry. We know we've had 1.7 million gotaways. We know that we've gotten people from all sorts of places, uh, you know, connected to foreign terrorist states and Chinese nationals in the past. We know exactly what's happening in terms of the porousness of our border, and we know exactly what you know evil a lot of people around this world want to do. And the problem is that what people haven't firmly come to grips with is that we've got evil in our own White House and DHS. who don't give a rat's rear end about our own sovereignty, security, and they want to undermine our country. They're literally at war with the American people. They're undermining our energy freedom. They're spending us to death. They're opening up our borders for uh, all manners of of, uh, danger from fentanyl to terrorists to China. And you can only conclude that it's purposeful. There is no other logical conclusion
1: chip I I will tell you next week I'm uh, uh, I'm laying out a plan a constitutional plan uh, that we have talked to uh, scholars and attorneys and uh, and attorney generals uh, about it and it is something that we can do to fight back but it, it is time for Americans to To uh, really dig into the Constitution and into their state constitutions and find out exactly what could be done, because we're we're in an end game here. At some point, this will overwhelm. I mean, I've said it. You look at the growth of Texas, of Houston, of Austin at some point these cities are no longer texas cities and i contend they already aren't they're no longer texas cities when we had massive immigration at the turn of the century uh, through ellis island you were at least given uh you know the the um the books on how to become an american they were uh, stressing you gotta fold in and become an american that's not happening. You cannot add millions of people to your population without that don't know nor care anything about your history. When our population doesn't know or care about our history or our system of government, you will change fundamentally and you'll never be able to go back to a, a constitutional republic because no one will know what it is.
3: All all of this is purposeful, from the education system to the forest borders uh, to what they're trying to do to attack our financial stability, banking system. I mean, just go down the line. I mean, there's there's literally no other uh, explanation for it. Uh, We have to, you know, stand up and hold the line. Um, And I applaud you for, for, you know, going down that road. We have to do it as a free people. We're not just going to sit back and uh, allow uh, these tyrants in Washington, to undermine our God-given freedom. That's what's occurring. I just want to be very clear. I'm not going to allow that um, as a free citizen. I'm gonna protect my children, my family, my community uh, from the tyranny of this out of control government. Um, right now, as a member of Congress, you know my duty is to try to move the ball forward as I can here. It may be too little, too late. Republicans for 20 years have pissed around and not done anything on the border because they were in the hip pocket of the gosh darn Chamber of Commerce. Well, finally, we've grown a spine we finally passed a strong border security bill, and I'm proud of it. It's a good bill. We passed it yesterday. You know, and it took a lot of wrangling. It what does it?
1: What does years. it say? What does it do?
3: So the bill is literally Glenn, and I wouldn't make this up. It is the strongest border security bill we've ever passed. Um, it would make very clear that the secretary, a future secretary who's not corrupt for a Republican, has straight up authority to turn away the border for any reason he or she sees fit. That's a really important addition. It's like Title 42 but across the board and not related to health. Uh, number two, it would fix all of the crap loopholes. It would tighten the asylum definitions. It would fix the unaccompanied children problems. It would fix the family unity separation problems created by courts. And most importantly, it would require, and it would be very specific in the statute, overtaking all other laws, and it would say you may not release, period, unless someone is having a legitimate claim being adjudicated, and I'm, not, not, I'm sorry, not, a, not unless. You may not release, period, but you must be detained or you must be in Mexico while a legitimate asylum claim is being um, adjudicated, period. That's the end of it. Uh, it's a good bill. It, it does e-verify. It has additional resources for Border Patrol, but only if we pass the policy changes. Uh, it has you know, more funding for the wall, et cetera. You know, again, some of this is set up for a future Republican president if our country can even last 18 months and, God willing, we get a Republican elected. That, I'm not sure we can if we don't throw ourselves in front of this train right now which raises questions of impeachment, uh, both for Secretary Mayorkas and the president. It raises questions about what the states do, and it raises questions about the debt ceiling and the spending fight. I don't see how I, as a responsible Texan, can move forward either the debt ceiling bill or a spending bill if we don't address the border crisis. It's an absolute abhorrent, you know, undermining of our sovereignty, security, endangering Texans. So we'll see how this unfolds, but we've got to use either the debt ceiling or the spending fight in September or both to secure the border, as well as other things, you know, stop the pistol braces, stop the World Health Organization, stop the, you know, spending of money we don't have uh, recklessly, uh, stop the stupid Inflation Reduction Act tax credits. Now, we did all of most of those things in our bill that we passed and sent over, although we still need to address, you know, the who and um, the pistol braces and the border.
1: So let me ask, I just talked to Mike Lee about an hour ago. He said, uh, Congress, you did your job and you put the RAINS Act in uh, the budget. Uh, and I said to him, just shooting from the hip, I think that's worth even raising the debt ceiling, uh, some compromising on this to get the RAINS Act. I think that rains in the uh, U.S. Uh, government agencies in a way that would be extraordinary. Do you agree with that or not?
3: Yeah, totally. Thanks for bringing that up. And just for the listener out there, what it means is that if you have any regulation that has an economic impact or, uh, you know, impact of greater than $100 million, uh, then it has to go to Congress for approval, roughly. That's the kind of dumb speak version of it. So it would significantly alter the balance of what these, you know, uh, regulators, these bureaucrats can do without congressional uh, engagement. We've ceded too much authority to them. Yeah. So, yes, it is an extremely powerful piece. I mean, people don't realize, I mean, look, I get slapped around on Twitter from the from the conservatives who I understand they're frustrated because they're, they're assuming we're doing what Republicans have always done. Right. We're not the speaker's agreement in January, what we did in the debt ceiling fight, what we just did in the border bill. This border bill is righteous, conservative, and strong. The debt ceiling bill we passed is awesome. It's chock full of all sorts of great stuff uh, that we sent over to the Senate. So the question now is, do we have the backbone to not blink when we get up to June? Um, You know, deals can be made in order to move the ball down the field. But we should not blink on the need to address most or all of these things. There's Inflation Reduction Act tax credits, Glenn. Yeah, That money just goes into the hip pocket of liberal elitists. I know. 90% of the dollars go into corporations. They make over a billion dollars. It funds the destruction of the gas industry. You're going to have a grid that's undermined. Your freedom is taken away, all to enrich, enrich liberal elitists. The RAINS Act, all these things, they're good stuff. But let's be clear. Our border's on fire. They're literally destroying every aspect of our way of life. I'm not even talking about the woke, weaponized DEI crap that they're doing over at the Pentagon, for example. So we're going to have to take all of these fights on all the way through uh, and, Lord willing, land the plane with the Republican president and get in and gut this place.
1: I will tell you that I that there's not a chance that I'm going to be in Washington anytime soon. But the next time you're in Dallas, I owe you the biggest Fred Flintstone steak uh, dinner. Uh, I can find. Thank you, Chip. I appreciate well, it. Well,
3: God bless you, Glenn. And look, thanks for having me on. Keep Just keep it up, man. I mean, the American people are on to it. I hope it's not too late. If you're listening to this, you got to get engaged. we got to do this. Um, you know, do it for your kids or grandkids. More importantly, for your great-grandparents or grandparents who fought for this country, stormed the beaches of Normandy, sat in the foxholes in Bastogne. You know, we don't just talk about it. Don't just wave the flag on July 4th. it. go man the ramparts. we got to go do it now.
1: Representative Chip Roy from the great state of Texas. Thank you, Chip. I appreciate it. And anyone who says daggummit, uh, you listen to. You listen to. (laughs)